coming to you on a Monday. How we doing, everyone? This is Rob with episode number 259 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly. We're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and helping you clear the path to whatever it is you want to accomplish in your lifetime. So if you're brand new, if you're joining me live on the Facebook pages, please like and share because you don't want to keep all this good stuff to yourself. That'd be mighty selfish of you. And if you don't know what, what we're all about, I challenge you to stay because somebody goes through something at some point in life. And I brought guests on from all over the world, from all, well, I keep saying all, from six of the seven continents. At some point, I'll get somebody from Antarctica, I promise. And we have an audience span in 48 different countries. So what we do here has global impact. And again, and this is all for you. It's not to hear me talk. It's not to just hear my guests talk. But it's what can you take away from our talks as we share our stories. And today we're going to be talking about trying to cope with anxiety and nothing works. I hear that one a lot. I know my guest hears that a lot. Because people think that there's just no other way. They're just stuck in this bubble and there's no way out. So between the two of us, because we both do do this, you know, for a living, we're hopefully going to help change your change your mindset around depression and anxiety and the way to truly get through it. Now, full disclosure, I am no medical professional, but I have been alive for 48.4 years and I've seen a lot, I've been through a lot and I've gotten through a lot. So I'm not gonna be coming to you from the medical perspective. I'm gonna be coming to you from the storytelling perspective, All right? So I'm not 100% certain of my guest background because as you guys know, I don't vet the guests before they, they come on. So everything you're, you're gonna hear, we're having a real life dialogue in real time. All right, so helping me have this conversation is Kirsten Schaefer. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing well. So just for the for the audience, quick backstory. I, I just I was actually on Eventbrite, which for those that don't know, that's an event booking site because we have an event coming up here in Rhode Island, and I was scrolling through looking for the tickets for that event, where I came across an event that she's hosting, and so I read through. I was like, you know. Our messages are kind of in alignment. I said, so let me see if I can find her on social. And I found her on social. And here she is. <laughs> see, so sometimes things are just meant to be. So thank you for taking the time to come and share your story with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. And where are you joining us from? I'm based in Holly Springs, North Carolina. North Carolina. What, what part of NC is that? It's uh, central. Central, okay, yeah. I was just in the Asheville area a couple of weeks ago. Like, uh, I, I want that to be my my retirement my retirement home. Yeah, I, I love I love the mountains, and I loved I love the North Carolina area. So, uh, kind kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, Asheville's where most most people who are traveling to North Carolina tend to come. But I'm in the Raleigh area, um, so around the capital area, which we've got the beach two hours to the east and then the mountains a couple hours to the west it's like nice. perfect. Yeah. nice see we we have that up here except up here it gets stupid cold yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i don't know if i told you like my feet are on a heating pad right now because my office is is in my basement <laughs> so okay. my feet are on a heating pad but yeah. i wear a tank top every show so it's like that's part of my it's part of my uniform, so I have to supplement <laughs> the heating pad. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so let's dive in. So are, are you originally from North Carolina? 
I'm not. Um, I moved down here for college, but I mostly grew up in the Midwest, in Illinois and Indiana. But I wanted okay. to escape the cold, so that's I came down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I know it still gets chilly down there, but it's not it's not like up here and it doesn't last as long. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 I've said I want to go somewhere where spring is spring, fall is fall. It's like we get two weeks of fall cold, we get two two weeks of spring hot. <laughs> it's like it's like we, there's no middle ground here. And if we do, it only lasts two to like three weeks. That's about it. So all right, so anyway, so let's get to the topic at hand. So we're talking about trying to cope with anxiety and the feeling that nothing works. Okay, so take me through your experience with it, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, I've always, I was always a bit of an anxious kid, um, really shy, um, but I didn't really, you know, ha I didn't have a name to it. Um, you know, mental health wasn't really something that we talked about growing up. Um, but it be became very apparent to me that this was something I struggled with, um, probably in college. Um, so in college, you know, I was with one partner for the entirety of my college experience, who I didn't know at the time, but later realized was very emotionally abusive. And it was a very toxic relationship. Um, and I think that's, that really brought this anxiety and probably, you know, even further induced the anxiety that I experienced, um, for the rest of my twenties. It, it was that relationship. Um, when I was finally able to leave that relationship, because I knew how, toxic it was actually let me let me pause you real quick all right so let me write down leave so we can we can pick it back up from when you left just because saying emotionally abusive they like you said yourself that you didn't even really realize it was happening because like with physical that's easy you get smacked in the face you know you got smacked in the face but with emotional abuse that can just slide in there and you don't even realize it so when did you start noticing that this was going in a toxic direction? You know, I think deep down, I, I kind of had an inkling that it was there, but you know, this person, I, I met him before my freshman year of college and I was coming from out of state. So it, he was kind of like this security blanket that I had. Mm. You know, I went there, okay, I had this partner that I could always rely on. You know, I was really nervous about being able to make friends and all of that because I was I was shy. Um, and so I, I kind of held on to this thing that was safe. Because um, mm. if I left, you know, I wouldn't have that security blanket, even though it was a very toxic security blanket. So I think as, I think a really big turning point for me, um, you know, we, we went to college together, graduated together, then we both went straight into graduate school at a different school, but still together, different program. Yeah. Um, but I spent my first semester actually abroad studying in France. Oh, nice. So I had this bit of a distance from him where I was able to, you know, have that distance and start to see 
and, and gather kind of uh, different views on things. You know, I was in a foreign country. I was with a lot of foreign students, just getting lots of different experiences, different perspectives and things like that. Um, and then I came back and, you know, there, there was still, of course, you know, wanting to move forward with that relationship. There was a lot of toxicity, even more so when I got back. Um, you know, we broke up so many times and got back together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this, the turning point was right before graduation, because um, it was a one-year program for both of us. Um, you know, I just, this happened again. He broke up with me and everything was like, your fault, your fault. Something's wrong with you. Like, you need to go fix this. Mm-hmm. It was never him. Um, and so, yeah, I just had this kind of like epiphany moment that like, wait a minute, <laughs> everything that you're doing is not okay. Like there's nothing wrong with me. Um, there you go. Yeah. Like something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> so you said something that we were in the gym last night talking about this very thing about why people stay in toxic situations and I'm guilty of it myself. But it's like when I was 38, I had the realization, I don't have to do anything. I don't owe anyone anything with the exception of, of my children and my parents. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't owe anyone anything. And so we were talking about that because people are getting all stressed out and anxious over, over Christmas. I'm like, this is supposed to be the happiest time of the year. Why are you allowing it to be stressful? It's like I, I pulled back years ago from the mystique of Christmas, you know, like, so with my three younger kids, I had 50, 50 custody of them with their mom. So like their mom is big into the holidays. So they still get it from, from her, you know, so it's not like I'm depriving the children. Like I was talking with, with, uh, I have twin boys. I was talking with them yesterday about the true meaning of Christmas and how like, it's not supposed to be stressful. You don't have to get anyone, anything. It's supposed to come from your heart, but it's become commercialized. But anyway, but people do that how this how this is relevant to what you just said people do that out of safety they don't want to deal with people's ridicule they don't want to deal with that well you didn't get me this or you or you're a scrooge or whatever whatever the the label of the day is and what i what i heard listening to you was that it's almost like what do they say um uh keep your enemies close (laughs) <laughs> some, 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 I mean, not like he was your enemy, because I'm sure you had feelings for him, but when they're hurting you, but somewhere in the mix, that became your normal. Yes, it was. It was absolutely my normal. I didn't know anything different. You know, this was, I, I had relationships in high school, but, you know, this was my first as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what was normal or what was okay and acceptable. Yes. All right. So so now we'll get back to you getting the courage to leave. So now before you get to the act of leaving, let's talk about that getting the courage to. Because, I mean, I've, I've made decisions to leave relationships, too. And, and it wasn't like a wake up one day. You know what? She's out of here. <laughs> like it's a process. So just take me through the process. Yeah, sure. So like I said, I mean, him breaking up with me was that was almost like a norm throughout our whole four and a half year relationship. And, you know, I would always come crawling back or he would come crawling back actually, usually. Um, 
because he was like, oh, I made a mistake. And this just kept happening and happening and happening. And every time I would take him back and, you know, this last time, um, he, of course, it was him again that decided to break up with me. And yeah, just having those different experiences, um, just maturing as a person throughout my graduate school experience. I, I was like, enough is enough. Like I deserve so much better than this. You know, I'm, I don't know, I was like 22 or something. Um, you know, I have the whole rest of my life ahead of me. I don't need to be with someone that's going to constantly be demeaning me um, and yelling at me for no reason. So, you know, I, I finally just had developed that courage to say enough is enough. I, I can't do this anymore and move on with my life. Yeah, my, my daughter went through something similar. She was 18, 19, somewhere around there. And just there was just a, a streak where she was just constantly crying, constantly crying, constantly crying. And, you know, like I would point some things out to her, but, you know, not trying to live life for her. It's like she's, she's got to figure out what, what's happening here. I would just give her some signs. I'm like, see how he's talking to you? See that gesture he just made? You know, like see how he's... He doesn't respect your time. I'm like just trying to plant these seeds. Like there's a whole lot of red flags all over the sky, you know, but, but I never stopped her from seeing, seeing him or, or anything. So anyway, so she went through these days where she, she was constantly crying. So one of the last times, like I, I just came over, I gave her a hug and I just said one sentence, how much longer are you going to deal with this? That was all I said. So then a couple of days later, she's crying again. I put my arms around her. How much longer are you going to deal with this? I said, I have nothing else to point out. It's up to you now to deal, I mean, to decide what you're going to deal with. Because by now, it's been a few a few years. His personality set. <laughs> it's like he's showing you who he is. Right. And every day that, that you stay, you're choosing to accept it. So then I think it was like maybe three days after that, she finally, she finally cut him loose. And he tried to weasel his way back in. And she, I give her credit. She held firm. It's okay. like she, she, she did not budge. Because you know, I told her, I mean, you know, not downplaying the stresses of, of anxiety and, and depression and all of those things, but at, there comes a point where the individual has to seize control. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I had seized control over this relationship, but what I didn't see coming was how the rest of my manifest as I had. Uh, and that's where really, you know, the difficulties didn't stop there for me, unfortunately. Yeah. How so? Um, so, you know, this experience, it caused me to, my anxiety to triple, especially when looking at my relationship. So, you know, I entered the dating pool for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I found myself, you know, of course, hopping on all the dating apps and, um, you know, I'd find someone that I liked and we would, I would like cling tight to them. And then, you know, we would like break up two months later or whatever. Um, and like, I would be devastated uh, just over this person I didn't even really truly know. But again, it was like, I was clinging on to some sense of security, some sense of comfort. 
And then, you know, they, it was typically them. They decided, oh, I guess, you know, I jumped into this too fast. This isn't for me. And so yes, we would part ways. And that was a lot of my 20s. And it was very debilitating for me. Um, I, I just think about my 20s and I just think about anxiety. <laughs> um, that's when, you know, I started going to therapy to try to overcome this. I was on antidepressants. Um, none of that was really working for me. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I kind of stopped trying to control this situation, stopped trying to chase love that it fell into my lap and I finally found a very healthy, mature relationship uh, when I was 26, 27. And that's where things started to take a shift for me. Uh, I finally was able to realize, you know, what I deserved, what a, a real relationship is supposed to look like. Uh, it was a very secure relationship, but it didn't necessarily stop my anxiety. And I was super confused by that because I thought that that was the thing that was causing this, just this being in, just in, being in unsecure relationships with yes. the wrong people. Yeah. Um, so... In this relationship that I'm still in, actually, about four years later, and it wasn't until very recently uh, that things really changed for me, and where I, where I really now what I do. Um, All right, let me let's hit the pause button button again. All right, yeah. so we'll go back to change, and we'll pick up from there. All right, so so let's talk about the different the difference in quality. So, what was it about this new man that gave you that belief that you know what this could be the one? Because I think again that's relevant to what what we're, we're discussing. Yeah, he was very is and was very supportive in anything that I was or wanted to do. He he didn't you know try to change me. He accepted me for exactly as I was. He encouraged me to pursue my dreams, even though they might seem crazy to him and he doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we just trusted each other and without, hmm, there was, there's just this level of trust there that, that I hadn't experienced before. Um, you know, we also had our own separate lives. We didn't feel like we had to be with each other 24 seven. You know, yeah, we could see our, our friends, um, things like that. There, there's a lot more to it, but that's. And how, and how did having all of that feel after being basically with a narcissist? <laughs> a sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. Just like a, a weight lifted off my chest. I just felt super comfortable, but not in like the way, you know, that I had to have it. It just felt good. You know, yes. I didn't need it, but it, it felt good. So you, you didn't need it, but what you said earlier, you finally knew what you deserved. 
Yeah. That's, that's the key is what you deserve. Because too many times, you know, people aren't actually chasing love. They're chasing that security. And then they find someone that gives them attention. It's like, ooh, their security. I mean, it happens on the men's end too. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. And But but that's what, what it is. And so once you pull back and you'd be like, you know what? I'm attracting the exact same type of person, you know? And so, and I, and I don't even say that to blame the people. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? That that this is the person that I'm pulling in. You know, like mm-hmm. self-accountability self plays a huge, huge role. But when people are suffer from anxiety and, and depression, it's very easy to blame the other person. You know, like I was saying to my daughter, how much longer are you going to deal with this? It's like, yes, he's doing all these things, but you're allowing them to happen. Right. <laughs> you know? So when I pulled back and I was like, all right, where am I going wrong? Because I kind of have an overwhelming personality. So people people that, that know me will be like, uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I know not everyone... Can, and and I hate saying the word handle like I'm better than them, but but like no, like when you're with someone that's got a big personality and from the from the, the doing the show and from like Rhode Island's this big, so like everybody knows everybody, so I can't go anywhere without people knowing me. And and for, for some people, that's very tough to deal with. And I used to put it all on them, but it's like you know what, I need to back up. And need to just wait till someone comes into my life that can deal with all of this instead of me trying to seek someone to pull them into what I have going on. Yes. And yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so let's talk about the change now and get into doing what you're doing now. Sure. So, my what I do is very based. Uh, I was never a spiritual person. And when I talk spiritual, I mean things like astrology and that sort of thing. Um, And I had an experience where I, I lost my brother very unexpectedly. Thank you. Um, And that's, that's when everything changed or it started to change for me. And I actually went through, and I'm still going through, a spiritual awakening where just your eyes open to everything, like your all of your beliefs and your thoughts about the world completely flip upside down. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere. Um, so that happened. And, you know, I, this was also, too, um, happening during my Saturn return, if anyone listening is familiar with astrology, that's a very kind of disruptive time in your life where things again are shifting. So all of this was happening at once. And I, I felt like I was losing my mind. Uh, I had no idea what was happening. Because again, I wasn't very much into any of that stuff. Um, And then uh, I discovered a tool called human design. And this tool, it's it's very much, it, well, it is, it brings in astrology, it brings in the chakra system, it brings in the Chinese I Ching, which is the most ancient form of literature, yeah, ancient form of literature for human understanding. And it also brings in, um, oh gosh, <laughs> another thing that's totally escaping my head right now. But it brings in these four systems as well as quantum mechanics, um, biochemistry, genetics, everything. So it's like a mix of 
ancient and modern science. Um, and it brings together this very profound system for self-awareness. So I just so happened to stumble upon this during this really critical, difficult time in my life. And that's everything changed in that moment uh, where I really started to question, you know, my mental health, my anxiety I was experiencing, my depression I was experiencing, um, you know, because things like therapy, the antidepressants I was on, none of that was working. And so just aspects of my personal human design, um, it made me start to question everything about those um, and I just, within that moment, I knew that there was something more to the anxiety and the depression that I was experiencing, mm-hmm. uh, aside from, you know, just what my therapist was telling, what my doctors were telling me. They, nobody was really like getting down to the root cause of my mental illness. Like, yes, I had these trauma events that had something to do with it but there's so much more to it mm-hmm. and a very big 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 piece of my design is literally doubt so that's like one of the traits that you can have um, that shows up in your chart and that is 70 percent of my personality yeah. <laughs> is literally <laughs> doubt yeah <laughs> So I was like, oh my God, like, okay, like this, this, this is starting to make sense to me. Um, And this part of me, there's, there's a way that we can kind of flip it on its head. So something that looks and feels very difficult to deal with, we can turn it around and look at it differently. So that's really what I'm all about. Um, Just. How can we flip this on its head and make it into a positive and use that energy a little bit differently so that we can improve our lives? I have totally turned that into a superpower. You know, <laughs> so like if you still have unresolved issues, like I just worked with a woman two weeks ago whose brother passed a year ago, and I spent an hour and a half with her. Like uh, she's here in Rhode Island, so I went to go see her, and we created an entire thing to help her heal to help memorialize her brother and to turn like she's a gym owner as well and to turn her gym as a safe space for women going through trauma to come in use fitness as the physical outlet and then they're going to meet afterwards and just openly share about Mm -hmm. the things that they're overcoming and because like right when 2020 started i've always been pretty pretty good at it but like in 2020 you know the gym shut down so so I needed to, to shift into a different direction. And how I stumbled onto this was I joined the mastermind and the mastermind was about getting in the media. And so, you know, they go around the room and they having everyone introduce themselves and people were so bad at introducing themselves. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know it was a thing. Like, hi, I am. Um, and I do. Uh, my product is, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the longest hour ever. And so I just started taking notes 
on the people like so-and-so ums too much so-and-so says you know too much someone once says you feel me too much and just started taking notes on, on everyone but people have those fillers because they're unsure of, of their story like like the story's not fully polished i know i'm going coach mode really quick but that that in itself still leads to anxiety and, and depression because you're not sure what should I tell? How should I tell it? Who needs to hear it? Mm-hmm. And so like, if, if you want to link up after this, I can, I can help like just from the notes I've already taken, I can help explode your story. And you don't have to, you don't have to answer me now, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm pushing 50. I forget things quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wanted to tell, tell you now. All right. So, sure. all right. So back to you. And so, Right before I get there, so you had mentioned about spirituality, you know, and like in people, people think spirituality is religion, and, and it's not. Those, those are two different things. Right. Like I, I always talk about the universe and what the universe wants, and right. I, I would say, and to get through anything, you have to make it bigger than yourself. Mm. Like no matter what it is, if you just make it about you, you're going to be stuck in in that hamster wheel. But if you say, all right, who can I inspire with this? It's like, can I, can I go speak in a school? Can I go speak to domestic abuse survivors? You know, can I go speak to whoever, you know, athletes who need mental, mental performance? And, and then that's when your story really begins to crystallize once you get the, who can benefit from this? You know, all right, I'm off my soapbox now. All right, back to you. <laughs> all right, so how did you start getting into doing what you're doing now? Yeah, so, you know, I was doing this deep dive into this new system for myself to help heal myself because I just realized how transformative of a tool it was already becoming for myself and just overcoming the obstacles um, that I was facing. And then I, I started to look at my friends' charts that also struggled with anxiety and depression. And I was, again, seeing a very strong link between their charts and the, you know, the specific aspects of their charts and the things that they were struggling with. And I will say also that this was during a time where I was working a nine to five job in clinical research. I was a project manager uh, working on drug trials for antidepressants. (laughs) And I was absolutely miserable. I was like crying every day. I knew that this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing for the rest yes. of my life. Um, I, But I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. I just felt very stuck, very confused on my direction. And honestly, I had a shower epiphany one night <laughs> where I realized okay, like I can bring this to other people. Like no one not a lot of people know about this system. And and I will say this isn't the only tool that I use in my coaching, but it is a big part of it. Um, I can bring this to so many more people. No one is really using the system in the way that I am. And I've always been very connected to mental health, you know, both personally, as well as professionally, it's always been something I've been connected to with my job. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of all aligned very perfectly. And 
that's where this all was born out of. Um, so it's just been a very beautiful, magical, serendipitous journey to, to getting where I am now. And yeah. What's the most rewarding part of it? When I get to introduce this to people. So my, my whole thing is it, it, understanding who you are and really truly embracing your authenticity. Yeah. And that's going to help you overcome your mental illness because a lot of people are trying to be something they're not based because of societal expectations, thinking that something's wrong with them, you know, the box that they've been placed in from their parents, whatever it is, yep. we're oftentimes trying to be something that we're not. And when I bring this to them and I, ex I sh explain to them the energy of their chart and they're like, oh my God, like, I feel like you're reading my mind right now. I feel so seen. I feel so understood now about these struggles that I've been going through. Like, thank you so much. Like in those moments, there are these people that haven't even heard of this thing before. And then mm -hmm. within like five, 10 minutes, they feel seen and understood. There is nothing better than that. Love it. Yeah, I call it when they have that that breakthrough, you know, when the yeah. when the light switch flips on, it's like right there, right there, they get it. And that's why I can't walk away from 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 fitness because I love that too. Because most people don't join the gym because they're feeling great about themselves. Sure. You know, so, so they're usually at, at a low point, they're usually coming out of a bad relationship or they lost a job, went through a divorce, you know, just something something usually happened and people turn to fitness as a positive outlet. And so that was where I really started getting into like life coaching and stuff. Mm. And it's like the, the irony, I dropped out of college because I didn't want to take psychology <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of the majors that I was most interested in went through psychology. I'm like, ah, oh, like I don't want to take it. Now everything I do has to deal with the mind, <laughs> you know, but I learned it all, all organically. You know, so like uh, I told someone the, the other day, I was a life coach, like, oh, really? Where, where are you certified through? I said, uh, Robert Foster Academy. <laughs> I said, I've been paying attention for almost almost half a century. <laughs> I said, right. <laughs> so, you know, like I've okay. been through I've been through my, my share of things. But but more importantly, what people have to understand is that other people go through things as well. And so just to, to share quick quickly, like, you know, one of my sisters had a brain aneurysm burst in 2016. Mm -hmm. And uh, now how how our family is wired, you know, there's only, I believe they said it was like a 15 to 20% chance of survival. And I was like, all right, we got this. We're in that 20%, right? And we just flooded her, even though she was in a coma at this point, but we just flooded her with positivity. Mm -hmm. We were, we were telling, reading her stories, we were playing her favorite musicians, Mary J. Bly, Smokey Robinson, Leisha Keys, right? We had, <laughs> my, my mother brought up a cooler. We had chicken wings. We had potato salad. <laughs> we're telling stories. Aww. Like the, the nurses even came over and said, you guys are a joy to be with. Because typically when you're in the brain trauma unit, you know, people are mourning. And, but we're like, hey, you know, we got to surround her with as much positivity as possible. And the day she opened up her eyes, we're like, yep. She's coming back. Like she's coming mm -hmm. back. So po positivity is a powerful, powerful force. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so dive a little deeper into your business and uh, where can people find you? All that good stuff. 
Sure. Yeah. So I, I work right now with millennials who are just really wanting more, wanting to get out of the rut that they feel like they're stuck in. They're just ready for something different. You know, they've probably been to therapy. They've probably been on antidepressants. None of that's really worked for them. Um, they're either curious about this thing called spirituality or they're already very spiritual themselves because I do use these spiritual tools as a, as a really big um, tool in the toolbox, we should say. Um, yeah, just helping them get out of this rut and really start to truly embrace who they really are with compassion and giving them that permission to do what they want to do, uh, eliminate the shoulds, because mm. uh, that's a really big one. A lot of people, you know, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, but no, no, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't ha have to be how it is. Love it. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I do. And, you know, I'm, my name is basically my social media and my, my website, kirstenshafer.com is my website. Um, KirstenSchaefer.co is my social media, so I can be found found there. All right, and I have your your website in the uh, in the description as well. Right. You know, so it's like you know, one so my my one of my biggest takeaways in listening to you is that going back to when you said what I deserved, like that that one that's not even a full sentence, right? But it's that one <laughs> phrase is one of the most powerful things that you've said in this last 37 minutes, you know, because a lot of people keep themselves, you said it earlier. I mean, yeah, there, there are people that can put you in a box, but at some point you're choosing to stay there. Right. And then, then once you realize you don't deserve to be in that, in that place, you can break free, you know, granted there's still other steps along the way. It's not like you're going to escape the box and, you, and you're healed now. You know, like it's it's a lifelong process like especially if you're dealing with depression like depression doesn't go away depression you manage and right. how how you manage it that's that just it takes daily daily self-awareness you know again using all the words that you said and yeah and so i want you i'm putting you on the spot but this is what you do so you should be all right <laughs> is i want you to just talk to that one person that sitting down, they were right where you were, feeling lost, not really knowing how to how to move forward, and they just don't know what to do. What do you tell that person? Get curious about what it is that you want, what it is that you feel like you're doing that doesn't fully align with you, with your wants, with your desires with what you feel like you deserve. You might not know what you deserve, but also, you know, understand that you're worthy, not because of what you're offering to other people or, you know, what you're doing for other people, but you're worthy just by being a human being. Um, and just get curious and see, you know, what, what is, who are you, who is, who are you and your most authentic self? And I just want you to fully embrace that. 
and I can promise you that things are going to start shifting for you. It's really not easy at first, and I know that, and this is a lifelong journey, but just being aware of those things and really starting to embrace that and accept it is going to be your very first start into starting to live the life that you truly, I know, see for yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to come and share your story with us. Like I said, I got a whole page full of notes over here, which uh, we can talk, talk about when we go off the air. Sure. And, you know, helping people navigate this, it's its huge. It's huge. And people think all oh, the catchphrases, mental health and mindset and the universe of spirituality, like people think that it's all just like watered down topics. But at the end of the day, like if you want to play basketball, you got to be able to dribble, pass and shoot. <laughs> you know, it, you get right back down to the basics. And when, you, when you're trying to work on yourself, you, you got to get down to the basics. Self-awareness, self-love, which will lead to self-esteem, better self-esteem, which will lead to self-confidence. And then once you nail those four, you would, as long as you're living your, your authentic life, you're unstoppable. You're absolutely unstoppable. But the first step is, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Like, that's the first. Like, even if you don't know what you want, most people know what they don't want. Right. Right. It's like you you don't want to feel anxious anymore. You don't want to feel scared anymore. You don't want to feel like you can't survive on your own anymore. And the list goes on and on and on. You know, so so if you can't make that what do I want list, make that what do I not want list. Yes. You know. Yes. All right. So um, thank you again. So don't sign off yet. OK. Sure. All right. And uh, let's wave bye to the crowd. <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to cross paths again. <laughs> I'm right. sure. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. So that was Kirsten. If you're just tuning in, make sure you go back and watch the entire episode. So again, this is the 259th episode. We're always talking about overcoming obstacles and every single guest that has come on here has brought a different perspective. Even though we're talking about the same topics, everyone comes at it from a different angle. You know, so like I never thought when I started this, I'd be pushing closing in on 300 episodes about the same topic, you know, but, but the same topic covers so many different areas, you know, whether it's people with learning disabilities, whether it's people who are in unfulfilling careers, people who have been through trauma, PTSD, war, like there's so many different topics that tie into overall mental health. And I'm glad that I pursued this because at first I, I wasn't gonna, I was gonna do just, just a fitness podcast, but I knew, like Kirsten said, I was called for more than to just talk about fitness. And there's a lot more that goes into overall wellness. So I'm glad that I can play a role in helping people have those breakthroughs that are needed so they can live the lives that they wanna live. So thank you very much. Thanking Kirsten again. And again, the link to her website is in the description. It'll be on all podcast platforms. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.